Now, back to the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley. 1017, 1035, and 1460 WRAD. Welcome back. Tim Donnelly Show, talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, 103.5, 1460 AM as well. We've made it through Hokie Hour, but my guess is there'll be a few more references here in this hour, and that's going to start with the Got You Covered segment because when we get you covered, uh, it's got to get you covered on everything from Coach Fuente to Hokie Basketball to Connor McGregor and everything within NFL. There's a little bit of everything. It's got you covered right here on the Tim Donnelly Show. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. And the news of the day is the same as the news of yesterday. Coach Fuente staying in Blacksburg. Entertain the thought of Baylor at least. That's what we know. There were conversations, but he decided that uh, Virginia Tech is best for him. Now, we don't know the details. We don't know if his decision that Virginia Tech is best for him is because Baylor never offered him any other options or if Baylor offered him other options that weren't up to his snuff or if they offered him everything in his wildest dreams and he still believed that Virginia Tech was the place for him. Now, we don't know that, but what we do know is that it looks like it's going to be back to business as usual for the Hokies and the Hokie football program as unfulfilling as that is. We will not get to hear from Coach Fuente, at least at the prior at the, the current time. We did hear from Whit Babcock, the athletic director. He answered question answered questions in a way that you would expect, mitigating the the surprise, mitigating the concern, and simply saying that Coach Fuente wanted to get back to work. One little tidbit of information that Whit Babcock did slip into his press conference is that Coach Fuente has had other opportunities to make bigger money that he has turned down in the past and that his loyalty isn't as widely recognized as maybe it should be. Here's what I have to say to that. What we don't know, you have to tell us. If you want us to think he's loyal, you have to tell us why he's loyal. If you want us to think he's somehow virtuous for staying at Virginia Tech, you have to explain why it's virtuous for him to stay at Virginia Tech. Fans are not mind readers. If they don't know, you have to tell them. If they're not talking about what you want them to be talking about, you have to tell them. The other big news of the weekend, there's some uh, NFL football games this weekend. couple of conference championships. Titans at Chiefs, Packers at 49ers will start in the AFC. Titans at Chiefs. Here's my question. It's real simple. Who is more under the spotlight? The Titans secondary that is going to have to step in and try to stop Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and McCole Hardman and Robinson and all of the other pass catchers that the Chiefs have or the Chiefs front seven on defense that has to get into a phone booth with Derrick Henry and all of the muscles on top of muscles on top of muscles that he has, and they're going to try to stop him. Who's under more scrutiny? Who's more under the spotlight? The Titans secondary or the Chiefs front seven? Whichever one of those two groups shows up and plays the best this weekend, that team will likely be the team that makes it out of the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. Packers at 49ers on the other side in the NFC. Here's the question for that one. Would you rather have inexperienced playoff players like the 49ers? Remember, they've been to the playoffs in a while, weren't very good last year, and then went 13-3 and this year. Or would you rather have a coach who is severely inexperienced like the Packers have in Matt LaFleur in his first uh, season as a head coach 
in the NFL. Those are the two options. Either you have players that haven't been to the playoffs or you have a coach that hasn't been to the playoffs. Which would you rather have? I think it could very well come down to which of those two groups is able to uh, find a way to play like a little bit more of a veteran. Also taking place this weekend, and this is the very first time we've mentioned it this entire week, this entire month, this entire year. Conor McGregor is stepping back into the UFC ring. I have one question. Why is there a double standard in sports and everything else, every football, basketball, baseball, soccer, track, Olympian, every, every single other athlete we hold to a certain standard, we don't do it for fighters. The double standard is simple. Fighters, we don't care about concussions. Football players have an independent neurologist looking at every play for concussions. Fighters uh, can fight with two open uh, sexual assault allegations like Conor McGregor has right now in Ireland. Fighters can use their legal transgressions and marketing material. Two of Conor McGregor's uh, arrests, one for punching an old man, one for throwing a dolly at a bus, were used in a preview show by the UFC to promote his fight. Why are we okay with that with fighters but not with other athletes? We need to look at ourselves. And lastly, Hokie fans, get ready for a big basketball game uh, tomorrow. That's Saturday. Hokies take on Syracuse. You may remember that the Hokies beat Syracuse recently up in upstate New York. They traveled all the way up there to the land of the cold and came back with a win largely because of a tremendous second half that they played. I would worry them on this. Don't depend on the tremendous second half. Start better if you can. Play Jalen Cohn. Play Landers Nolly. Let them shoot Syracuse out of that 2-3 zone. You have shooters. Let them shoot because that's what shooters are going to do. Shooters going to shoot. It's a perfect way to end the uh, <laughs> the, the, the gotcha covered segment there. Hokie shooters are definitely going to shoot. Um, let's talk about Conor McGregor. It was touched on in the, in the gotcha covered segment. Um, he fights this weekend against uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Um, first time he's been in a UFC octagon in quite some time. Uh, retired, came out of retirement, has some legal troubles. Um, and, and you heard me bring it up in the in the Gotcha Covered segment. There is a weird double standard that we have with what we accept from our fighting professional athletes as a sports society than what we accept from just about anyone else in in culture, right? Right now, Conor McGregor, or since the last time he fought, he has been uh, charged with with assault for punching an old man in a bar. He has been wrapped up in a legal issue surrounding throwing a a dolly, like the thing you lift heavy boxes with, at the the tour bus of one of his opponents. He has twice been accused, and again, at this point, they are just allegations, but twice been accused of sexual misconduct, sexual assault in Ireland in two cases that are still open. And yet he is headlining a fight this weekend at the top of the top premiere of his sport, Ultimate Fighting, MMA. If you take any one of those things and apply them to a baseball player, that guy's not making his next start. Or even like like NFL. If you put one of those things, the NFL, uh, especially because they, they have messed this up in the past, will give you six games. right? The, the Ray Rice situation jumps to mind. There was a kicker uh, who, whose situation jumps to mind where, where they handled it incorrectly out the gate. So they have been erring on the side of, of more ag- aggressive late, uh, as of late. But my, my point is this. There's something about fighting 
that maybe it's so barbaric. It's so primitive. There's so much blood. It's so... Err. To use a technical term. That, that we almost don't apply modern... It's, it, we don't apply modern societal expectations to that sport because it feels like cavemen. Football, what do we do? Every single year, we add more and more rules to prevent concussions, right? There's less less contact allowed to the head, ejections, more replay, independent neurologists. There, there's, there's all of these uh, checks and balances that they put in to make sure that players are being safe. Meanwhile, you got MMA in the back corner, like, MMA, the goal is to rattle their brain so hard that they can't operate. They can't stand up. They're knocked unconscious. That's the goal of the sport. That's insane to even, like, think about that, you know? But, But, again, players... Fighters sign up for what they sign up for. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, no one's getting into a fight and, and unaware of the risks that they might get knocked out. Right. And, and they're full-grown adults. They can make those decisions. But I just don't get the lack of outcry. Right. I, I personally believe football should be the same way. I think we should play football like football deserves to be played and just have all the athletes sign something saying, I know I might get hurt playing this very physical game. And then, and then move on, because that's what football is. And that's what it's always been, at least to me. But I, I don't see how, with ongoing investigations into, into sexual assaults, right, with arrests of, of punching elderly, you know, he's pretty much proven to be someone that, that needs to be kept under control. And, and, and when you need to be kept under control, I'm not sure you deserve the privilege of making your living with our dollars. Right? You can go earn your money a billion different other ways. Uh, the, 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 the public traditionally has had the ability to say no. Like things that would destroy any other celebrity's career just doesn't really – Doesn't affect, affect fighters. Them. Doesn't affect fighters. And, and, and part of it, I believe, is because it is such a primitive sport that we apply primitive rules to them. But the fact of the matter is this fight's taking place, what is it, January 18th, 2020. It's not taking place in, in the Ice Age, right? This isn't a guy wrestling a, a woolly mammoth. This is a guy fighting another human in 2020 where we know the effects of all of this. We know the effects of sexual assault on victims. We know the effects of, of CTE on, on brains, or at least we're, we're trying to learn the effects of CTE on brains. And, and the public has been a public that is willing to stand up against people that have that, or at least are willing to wait until the truth comes out on situations like this. Like I said, the sexual assault is allegations, but, but, in many other situations, the, the public has elected to wait until the, the investigation is done before you, you rush back to, to buying anything for it. I'm watching the, I'm in the process of watching, there's an Aaron Hernandez documentary on Netflix. Fascinating stuff, by the way. Highly recommend it. Um, it's a documentary on Aaron Hernandez who, um, it really, really looks like he murdered two people got away with it, played an entire NFL season, played very well, signed a five-year, $40 million deal, and then murdered again. That's Aaron Hernandez. 
played for the New England Patriots. And and uh, you get a weird look into American society when he's on a murder trial and he's driving in on a, in a prison van and there are Patriots fans lined up on the sidewalk chanting, we love you, we love you, or innocent, without knowing any of the details. Whoa. And, and, and at the same time, the Patriots were offering to trade in any Aaron Hernandez jersey and you could get anyone else on the team in exchange. Right? There was both sides of the coin. There was the blind supporters and the ones that were trading in his jersey because they couldn't support him. And, and I only see one side of that coin when it comes to Conor McGregor. Right? I only see the people that are chanting, we love you. I don't see everyone else saying, I can't support this guy. I don't see the people that would be trading in a jersey. And, and that's a double standard that I don't quite connect. By the way, watch the documentary. Fascinating individual. Heinous individual, but a fascinating study of, of, of the things that he went through. And, and obviously uh, a heinous, heinous murderer. So, you know, you always have to put, put that into perspective. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to revisit the NFL, uh, have some conversations about the, the conference championships coming up and more. Stick around. He's Delaware's best holder. That's hilarious. It's not meant to be funny. It's meant to be devastating. The Tim Donnelly Show will be right back on WRAD. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show. Uh, before we go ahead, I want to remind everybody about Collision Plus. If you're out going crazy this weekend and and maybe driving a little recklessly, which does happen, shouldn't happen. We all strive to not make it happen, but nobody's perfect. And if you bump into a, a curb, you scrape up your car against a parking meter, uh, maybe you back into a telephone pole, maybe you forgot to open the garage and you backed up anyway and you end up hitting the, the, the closed door, uh, or whether it's a, a full-on auto collision. Uh, complete collision repair and auto body damage repair is available at Collision Plus in Blacksburg and Christiansburg. Uh, auto body repair, auto paint refinishing, vehicle pin striping, frame and unibody straightening, collision wheel alignments, temporary repairs, vehicle towing, and enterprise car rental is all available. Uh, collision Plus has been providing quality auto body repair to the greater New River Valley since 1991. With superior work, premium product use, and customer service that is unmatched in the collision service industry, Collision Plus has established itself as an elite vehicle repair facility, not only in Southwest Virginia, but also nationally. Once again, once again, that is Collision Plus in Christiansburg and Blacksburg. The phone number is 540-953-3910. That's 540-953-3910. We want reckless energy, but we also want... <laughs> Reckless energy, so you know, wreck drive safe. Less, yeah, reckless energy. That's funny because reckless driving is a bad thing if it's R E C K L E S S. Yeah, but wreck less driving if it's W R E K E C K dash L E S S. That's a good thing. Exactly. It's reckless driving is bad. Wreck less driving is what we're looking for. Exactly. That is, there's a rap lyric in there somewhere. There's something creative. We're talking about Eminem. There, there's, like, there's, we got to get this to Eminem quickly. There's a way to, I don't know. I'm not that good, but there's something. Oh, in there. man. Uh, let's talk about the NFL. Uh, this weekend. Th- this weekend is a legacy-making weekend for someone, right? We talk about 
how many times you make it to the Super Bowl. We talk about how many times did you win your conference when your career is over. right? I'm, when, when you're building your resume for your team's ring of honor, when you're building your resume for the Hall of Fame, well, as soon as you retire, we stack it up, right? How many Super Bowl appearances? How many Super Bowl championships? How many Pro Bowls? How many All Pros? How many times did you lead the league in a category? How, how many times did you uh, make the playoffs, right? We, we, we count those. So this weekend is a legacy-making weekend for someone whose legacy needs it more, right? Aaron Rodgers could put himself up in, in the, the, the true Mount Rushmore of all-time great quarterbacks if he snags a second Super Bowl. Andy Reid could put himself truly on the Mount Rushmore of coaches when you look at how many games he has won, but he has never won a Super Bowl. If he gets the Super Bowl, you know, then all of a sudden the hole on his resume that's big and glaring is no longer there. Patrick Mahomes, last season won the MVP. This season could win a Super Bowl MVP. Think about that. He could be in his third season as a quarterback, second as a starting quarterback, and already check off MVP and Super Bowl. I mean, that's borderline Hall of Fame career in two and a half seasons. Like, that is unbelievable. Uh, Richard Sherman winning a Super Bowl in Seattle, coming down leading another defensive team Super Bowl win in in San Francisco, could turn him into one of the all-time great defensive leaders. Ryan Tannehill could go from afterthought to Super Bowl champion. So whose legacy needs it more? I'm going to go with someone that you probably aren't expecting. Ryan Tannehill has the most to gain. Right? If Aaron Rodgers loses, guess what we still think about Aaron Rodgers? He's really gosh darn good. If Andy Reid loses, guess what we still think about Andy Reid? One of the best play designers and play callers of all time. His coaching tree has his fingers woven all through the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, he loses. We still think, hey, he won an MVP last year. He got his team to the AFC Championship this year. He's only in his third season. Yeah, exactly. Richard Sherman, he's already a member of one of the best defenses in NFL history, the Legion of Boom Seattle Seahawks. He's an all-pro now with San Francisco. We can't tarnish his legacy with a loss in the, the NFC Championship game. But Ryan Tannehill came into this postseason as a guy that might not have even been the quarterback of his team next year. He might get replaced by a free agent, and he has the opportunity to lead a Super Bowl champion. Of course he's the one with the most to gain. Of course he's the one whose legacy needs it the most. Of course he's going to be the one that, if he plays well, stands to be in, in you know, the most different place at this time three weeks from now. Right? The, or three and a half weeks from now. After the Super Bowl, we could be thinking about Ryan Tannehill in a completely different light than we've ever thought about him ever. I don't know if there's anyone else that we could say that about. If George Kittle or Travis Kelsey catch three touchdowns this weekend, we're going to think they're one of the top three tight ends in the league. Right now, we think they're one of the top three tight ends in the league. Most people already have who they are solidified. Ryan Tannehill can rewrite his, his legacy and his resume this weekend and in the Super Bowl. Definitely the most to gain. Let's take a break. When we come back, the Astros are cheaters, but they didn't use a buzzer. Does that change anything? Next, Tim Donnelly Show. Welcome back in. Tim Donnelly Show, talk of the New River Valley. 
Uh, before we move on, do want to remind you this weekend, since it's practically the weekend, it's Friday at 8.35 in the morning. Uh, when you're hanging out with your friends, telling stories, cracking wise, talking shop, shooting the breeze, grab yourself a Dos Equis, stretch the truth a little, and keep it interesante. Because after all, as I always say, it's the only beer who majored in, or excuse me, majored in, lettered in football, football, and foosball. They probably majored in it as well. Majored in football. Uh, they, they, uh, it's the only beer whose shade of green is the exact same shade as football turf. It's the only beer that you should have in your hand when you are uh, stretching the truth and keeping it interesante. Uh, once again, grab a Dos Equis and keep it interesante. As always, always drink responsibly. All right, the Astros are cheaters. We know that now. Well, no, yeah. We, we, it's, I mean, that's now part of our life is the Astros are cheaters. Um, but it has been, been, I guess, released by the Major League Baseball that, that throughout their investigation, they did not find a buzzer, any evidence that there was a buzzer, right? Because there was some, some conspiracy theories out there that uh, Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve had some kind of vibration device on their chest that the, uh, the other team or the, their teammates could make buzz to let them know what pitch was coming. Now, now there was some anecdotal evidence such as Jose Altuve making a big play and it had become trendy to rip off a teammate's shirt when they make a big play and he was running to the bench holding his shirt closed going, no, 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 no. Uh, and many thought that meant he was hiding a, a device that would have been used for cheating. Major League Baseball said they found no evidence. Now I have a question. Does that give you any sort of relief about this situation? Is it any better that they didn't use a buzzer? Is it better to have cheated with a trash can than it is to have cheated with a vibration device? Is it better to to have <laughs> is it better to have, you know, banged on a trash can in a more rudimentary cheating scandal than it is to have, you know, set your phone on vibrate and tape it to your chest and start texting each other? Because I'm of the belief that, that cheating is a go-no-go exercise, right? It's pass-fail. You're not taking the class going, well, that's a 68% and, and you know D is not passing in this class, so that's not cheating. It's, it's, it's not like that, right? It's pass-fail. It's either you cheated or you didn't. There's no percentages. So I would say if they're cheating using a trash can... I don't care if they're cheating using a trash can, a spaceship. Uh, I don't care if they're, they're using virtual reality technology. I don't care if they have a, an implant in their brain from some uh, I don't know, Russian technology like they're the winter soldier. I don't care what they're using to cheat. The fact that they're cheating means it's, it's pass-fail. They failed. I don't find any relief in the fact that they didn't use the buzzer. It's like they still hurt the integrity of the sport. They still hurt the integrity of the sport. They still ruined careers of pitchers that were pitching against them. They still robbed other teams of a fair shot at a World Series, which I've talked about time and time again. Do you realize how much effort these teams put into winning a World Series? These players have been doing it since they were kids. T-ball when they're five years old, all the way up through their adult life, they've been chasing a World Series. 
and many teams only get one-year windows. You win it this year, or your best player retires, or your, your best player leaves in free agency. You win it this year, or your starting pitcher gets hurt next year, and you never get the opportunity to win it again. And there were players that were robbed of that one opportunity to achieve the pinnacle of their sport by the Astros. So pardon me for not giving two hoots if they cheated with a couple of solo cups and a string between them, or whether they had the best technology on the planet designed for them. I could not care less. And by the way, this is another thing that's rubbing me the wrong way. A.J. Hinch was a manager of the Astros when this broke down. He's been suspended a year and then fired. Jeff Lunau was the general manager of the Astros when this broke down. Suspended a year and then fired. Alex Cora was the bench coach of the Astros when this was going on. He had since left and become the coach of the Red Sox. He has been fired by the Red Sox. Carlos Beltran was a former pl- or was a player when this was going on on the Astros. He had since taken the job as the manager of the Mets. He's been, sorry, Alex Cora as well. I keep saying fired. Mutually parted ways. So managers, bench coaches, GMs, players have all felt the wrath of this. Why in the world is the organization not getting anything? Why in the world is the owner coming out scot-free aside, aside from the fact that he lost a couple draft picks and a little bit of cash? What's going on here? Jim Crane, the owner of the Astros, shouldn't be looking around going, wow, everybody is falling around me. I'm standing up sturdy. Is no one taking this as seriously as they should? Every day someone's falling, but the owner, right, the one the, the one that gets to hold the trophy up the highest still has the trophy. Take away the 2017 World Series. Take away the 2019 pennant. Take it away. Don't let them acknowledge it. They sure didn't earn it. Ban the owner for half a decade. I don't care. This has to be the priority, making sure that there is enough of a deterrent that no one will ever do this again. If you're an owner right now, do you know what you're thinking? If my team is cheating, I don't want to know. And even if I do know, I'm going to look the other way. Because we might win a World Series out of it, and I'll get to keep the World Series. If you're a current player out there, what what is if Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve were the masterminds, just to pick two names, if they were the players that spearheaded this, what is the deterrent for a player on another team from doing exactly what they did? Alex Bregman finished in the top five in MVP voting uh, a couple times. He signed a gigantic contract. He made money. He's not going to be suspended and he gets to keep his World Series. I'm sorry, where, where's the negative for the players? The only thing that a player can't do is he can't go become the manager of another team. That's it. Carlos Beltran tested that limit. That's it. That's all. Can't go become a, a, a manager of another team. But you can keep playing, and he will. 
What do you, do you think opening day for the Astros isn't going to feature Carlos Correa, George Springer, Alex Bregman, uh, Jose Altuve? Do you think they're they're going to go somewhere else? No, they're going to be playing for the Astros next year, cashing the same checks. You know, collecting the same rings, living life the same way, except their batting averages will drop. You know what? That's what I would be doing, actually, now that I think about it. If I were the Astros, a player on the Astros or a player that was on the Astros, I would be working harder this offseason than I've ever worked in my entire life. I would be studying opposing pitchers more this season than I've ever studied in my entire life. Because if I come back this year and hit the exact same or better than I did last year or the year before that, then I could legitimately point and say, I wasn't cheating. I'm just that good. That's what I would be doing if I were an Astro. I would be going so all out that, that I would be as good as I was with cheating. Just so I have something to point to, a little face to save. That should be motivation like more than anything for those players. I, I mean, it's it's not the best place to be, right? It's you still no. cheated, but but it should be a heavy motivation. Yeah. If I ever get accused of of steroids, which it never never will happen, but but I'm getting off steroids if I am on, and I'm working out eight times as hard, right? And then I'm saying, test me anytime you want. And I'm working out seven times a day. I'm getting bigger while being clean. It's the only way to do it. I'm, I'm, I think I'm just giving a blueprint on how to like cheat fine. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe you should stop while you're ahead. <laughs> if I were, it's like, uh, if I were, uh, what's, what was the name of uh, uh, O.J. Simpson's book? I didn't do it, but if I were the one that did it, here's what I would have done or whatever it was. Like, it's like, uh... I wouldn't cheat, but if I would cheat, here's how I'd get away with it. That's that's what Tim Donnelly's doing here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, picks. Stick around. Low bro doesn't know the weather. And as always, Logan is... Not a licensed meteorologist, if you couldn't tell. But your forecast includes more of the Tim Donnelly Show on WRAD. Tim Donnelly Show continuing here on a Friday. As we near the end of the show, I want to remind you... Weekends are a great time to head out, catch a show, catch a concert, catch a comedy show, catch a game, uh, you know, be spontaneous, right? Here's the move. I'll tell you what the move is. What, what are you laughing about, Lobro? Tim's, Tim's going to tell you what the move is. I'm going to tell you what the move is. Just get in the car and start driving to a concert or comedy show or game that you want to go to and, and bring a friend. Could be a significant other, could be a buddy, could be a coworker. Have them in the passenger seat while you're driving. Download the SeatGeek app. Quick download, right, as long as you got some connection. Yeah. Search for tickets to the event that you're already driving to. Find a big old green dot on the map of the, the, the venue that you're going to so you know it's a great deal. Click on the green dot. Buy the pair of tickets. You will have them ready and waiting for you in the app when you get to the event. Walk in, scan your ticket, have an awesome, spontaneous, fun time. Sounds great. That's the move. See, spontaneity is gone in today's world. Everything's got to be planned a uh, hundred years in advance. 
It's got, oh, you got anything big coming up? Yeah, next June, I'm going to go see my uncle. Where does he live? Down the street? <laughs> well, you don't have to plan. Just go see your uncle. But no, but, but, but well, I don't have I don't have any time. I got all this work I have to do. He's busy. I'm busy. We've both booked. It's January 29th. We've got 15 minutes together. We're going we're gonna to have a wonderful conversation. We booked it online. It's great. Yeah, I sent an evite. <laughs> we're, we're, we're matched up on our outlook. It's like, oh, come on. Just get in a car. Say, hey, I heard there's this happening at this venue. Do you want to come? Get in. Here's my phone. Seat Geek app. Fastest and easiest way to buy tickets. Hit, get to downloading. Get some good seats. You'll get there. You'll have a great time. And it'll be a great time that you weren't expecting. And what what is better than a, a, a great time that you weren't expecting coming true, right? Just happening, living in the moment. Turn your, And then once you buy the tickets, how about this? Buy the tickets, use the app, scan them, get into the venue, turn your phone off. How about that one? Don't be the one sitting in your great seats that you bought on the SeatGeek app, standing up, taking video of it so you can watch it at home. But you could be planning your next big concert with <laughs> SeatGeek while you're at the concert. No, so. no, no. I love SeatGeek. It's the fastest and easiest way to get tickets. <laughs> Promo code TIM, $10 off. SeatGeek, love it. When you're at the concert, enjoy the concert. Live in the moment. Promo code TIM, by the way, will get you $10 off your first purchase. So uh, make sure you tell that to your friend who's in the passenger seat buying the tickets. Promo code TIM, that's T-I-M, for $10 off your first purchase. Um, let's look at some picks. And these picks are, are not to be taken lightly. Uh, we have some, some NFL picks, some college basketball picks, and I picked uh, just some, some uh, kind of games of the weekend in the NBA as well. Uh, let's go ahead and get started with the NFL. Titans at Chiefs. As I said earlier, this one is going to come down to, uh, as I said earlier, this one is going to come down to, can the Chiefs stop Derrick Henry and can the Titans stop Patrick Mahomes? They're, they're two teams with maybe the biggest strengths in the league in, in the Titans running game as it has been executed the past few weeks and the Chiefs passing game as it, as it has been executed the past two years. Um, who can stop it? I think Patrick Mahomes is a bit more unstoppable than Derrick Henry because he has a few more options, right? Derrick Henry has right, left, up the middle. Those are his options. Patrick Mahomes has Tyreek Hill deep, Tyreek Hill across the middle, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, not Trevor Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, Uh, Travis Kelsey over the middle, Travis Kelsey on a jump ball, Travis Kelsey to the outside, Mikkel Hardman deep, Mikkel Hardman on a cross, Robinson on a cross, Uh, Sammy Watkins on the outside, Uh, running back out of the backfield. He's got a few more options, so I believe he's a tad bit more unstoppable, and he's at home. They're a seven-point favorite over over the Titans. Uh, with the seven, I might make it a little bit more difficult, but I, I will absolutely uh, take them to win the game. Go ahead and give me the Chiefs. Shout out to Andy Reid, by the way. Andy Reid is by far the best coach to ever live who has not won a Super Bowl, and uh, and, and I think he, he has a chance to get one this year. Packers at Niners. The question I asked earlier was, would you rather have a team that is inexperienced with a coach that is experienced or would you rather have a team that is playoff experienced with a coach that is inexperienced? And and I always lean players over coach, right? If I have Aaron Rodgers, I can deal with pretty much anyone on the sideline. I can deal – it's just that simple. So despite the fact that they are seven-point underdogs to the Niners and I'm taking a bit of a leap here, uh, I'm taking the Packers to win the game on the road in San Francisco. I think Aaron Rodgers has one of those magical moments – 
where he does something crazy and we all go, that's not fair. The Niners should have won the game, but Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Right? He's going to be wearing a cape. I think that's the, that's the new uh, – you know, you heard the, the Atlanta Falcons are redoing their, their uniform, and they're going to premiere it later this, this month. It's the first time they've, they've changed their uniform in, in quite some time. Um, I, think, I think the Packers are going to redo their uniforms as well, and the only difference is whoever wears number 12 gets a cape. Like a, like a tiny little cape? Or no, like a big, a big old cape. Are you not afraid of somebody like you know falling over it or you know anything like that? Aaron Rodgers is too good. Defenders might fall over it. He won't. College basketball, big top eleven matchup. Even though both of these teams have struggled as of late, uh, number eleven Louisville at number three Duke. I read an article. I don't necessarily agree with this, but I did read the article that uh, that Duke at number three in the country, even off a loss to Clemson is still underrated somehow. And that kind of, to me, just shows the bias that everyone shows towards Duke. Uh, they're not underrated, but I do think they're better than Louisville, especially when they play in Cameron. Uh, so go ahead and give me Duke. UNC at Pittsburgh. Uh, this is an opportunity for UNC to lose again and have Roy Williams really go off the deep end. If they, if they, if they lose to Pittsburgh, you might see like real tears, like real tears from Roy Williams in the post-game press conference. And I'm not going to say I would enjoy it, but I definitely watch it. Like I would, I wouldn't miss it. Oh. Uh, but I still think UNC's. Go- I think UNC's the better bet to win. But if they don't, waterworks. Uh, UVA at Georgia Tech. Um, again, UVA's lost three in a row, but Georgia Tech is really bad. Um, I, I, I don't expect UVA to lose a game like that. So go ahead and uh, uh, book UVA to beat Georgia Tech. But again, if they do lose that one, I'm not going to say I'm going to enjoy it, but I definitely watch. Uh, Cuse at Virginia Tech Virginia Tech I mean they've already beat this team once I do think Mike Young will have this team in the right headspace Uh, so go ahead and give me Virginia Tech at home to take care of business Uh, tonight there's a Blazers at Mavs game Um, I think the Mavs are are the team to beat uh, in that matchup so go ahead and give me Luka and and the Mavericks Uh, tomorrow there's a Bucks at Nets game Uh, the Nets now have Kyrie Irving, which makes it a little more more interesting. He's a fascinating dude. He's already come out and said they need more pieces if they're going to win, even though he was unhealthy and Kevin Durant's not healthy. Like, the pieces are coming. They're just not healthy. Uh, But the Bucs are too good. Even if they had Kevin Durant, I'd take Giannis and the Bucs. Lakers at Rockets. Uh, The Rockets are good. They're not as good as the Lakers. Give me the Lakers. Pacers at Nuggets. Uh, Nuggets are at home. I think this is a close game, but the home is the difference. Give me the Nuggets. Again, everybody. Fuente is back, business as usual, as much as it can be. I don't think they're going to give us much more information. I think they're just going to let it sit on the shelf until it goes away. So, so expect the, the, uh, the Hokies to, to be silent here for a while. They are all out there recruiting. Um, that's the big news of the day. Hokies play Syracuse tomorrow. You can catch it on 105.3, the Bear, the flagship for all Virginia Tech athletics. Follow us on social media at Donnelly Sports, at Donnelly Show. Sports for me, show for the show. Uh, on Facebook, it is The Tim Donnelly Show. Check out the podcast. can be found everywhere podcasts are found, including Omni. Also, links posted on Facebook. Uh, it is Friday. Enjoy your weekend. We will be back on Monday. Have a great day, evening, and weekend, everybody. Everybody.